What's up? Episode 60 of the Go Figure Podcast. We are live. Ty, how's your week? Oh, woo. Here goes the, our sign. Dang, you know. it's been that good. The momentum. It's Halloween not, time. Yeah. Spooky. That, there might be a ghost uh, behind this uh, spot here. <laughs> we, we were going to put like a shower behind this and change the uh, kitchen out behind it. Yeah. I don't know. It might be haunted. Yeah. There's, that's a. We'll go no sign today. Thanks, Jillian. But great job. Way to step up, Jillian. <laughs> I've been good though. In fact, we uh, we just decorated our house for Halloween. And, oh, okay. You know, our two year old just is so scared of everything yeah. and spiders, yeah. and you know, it's Ooh, it's fun yeah. stuff. So that that was great. Great way to start. But no, Leah, we've been in Orlando last week. Sweet we went and got our Two Comma Club X Award for that our was work awesome. With, with great funnels, yeah, great it was. Event. Awesome event. Who who do you think who was your favorite speaker there? You know, there were there were so many great speakers there. I I just I really liked the uh Catherine Jones who unpacked joint venturing and she just she was very good at listen, when you reach out to somebody, what if you reach out and you have a custom video and funnel and their pictures and like you really took the time to show them that you know what they're all about and how you can provide a lot of value to their audience, customers, clients. And so that one, that one definitely impacted me a lot. And then also just the the man, the the legend himself, Russell Brunson, yeah. when he said, Hey, you know, obviously he's built uh, you know, ClickFunnels, and I think ClickFunnels does probably three hundred million dollars a year in uh, recurring revenue that's coming in every single year, like on autopilot essentially. Now he does a lot of work to maintain that, but he basically put together another model, like, hey, here's how I'm gonna build another business that's gonna do a hundred million dollars a year in recurring revenue within three years. And he put out the whole plan, and, yeah, that and was cool. that's kind of what we want to do with my figures: is build this into a hundred million dollar year recurring revenue type business. And I thought it was kind of cool. He gave the the roadmap to do it. Yeah, it was it was fun to see a massive, massive success who's already built a billion dollar company oh, yeah. go back to very you know the early stage phase one and and build out this business model. Welcome to the Go Figure Podcast, created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. For me, I, I really liked uh, Satema. Is it Gali? Gali. Yeah, yeah. Satema Gali, yeah. BYU football player, went on to play for the Patriots, yep. won a Super Bowl. Yep ultimately got way too heavily invested in real estate, lost it all. And he talked about how he's built himself back up and how his calling was to help other people um, become, you know, better, better mothers, better leaders, yeah. better fathers. So he really, really spoke to me. In fact, I went and messaged him on, on Instagram and got a like, he's, he's an awesome guy. And, yeah. and our partner, Jojo apparently knows him really well and he's going to make ah, an introduction cool. so we can get to know very him. Very cool. Yeah. I'd um, love to connect up with him and, and you know who else? In, in fact, I, I did connect up with him uh, two years ago at that Traffic and Conversion Summit event, but I didn't really know who he was. I'm just like, there's this, we're on this yacht with this mastermind group, and there's this big, huge, uh, really strong looking dude. I'm like, dude, what, what's up? Yeah. 
He's as big as the rock and he even looks yeah. like him. It's crazy. Yeah, but, is. uh, sounds like him too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Benjamin Hardy was the other one. Uh, Dr. Ben Dr. Hardy. Ben. He, I loved how he talked about, um, the past and how the way we're living in the present and the goals that we've set for the future really define the past and we can change the past. Obviously it's not like he talks about, we can't go back and change the fact that world war two happened, but right. within our own lives, and I, I think that really hit home for me, Leo, because I do that. I, I f- sometimes let my past and my past experiences define me instead of setting goals for the future and determining right now, how can I leverage and utilize that past to become a better person? Yeah. Um, so I, I would definitely suggest that someone you should all look up is, is Dr. Ben Hardy. 10X is easier than 2X was the book that he wrote. And interesting, he kind of defined that, listen, if you want to 2X your business, there's just some minor changes and tweaks that you can make to do that. But if you want to 10X it, then it takes a whole nother level of thinking. And it also takes, like you said, a way of looking at the past differently as this building foundation for where you can go into the future. And and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to read that book and listen to that book as well. Yeah, I mean, the concept makes sense because if it's saying I want to 2X my business, there's a million things I can do. Right. And it's so hard when all of a sudden you've got way too many things. You don't do anything versus I want to 10 exit. Well, chances are there's only, you may not like what you have to do, but there's really only one or two things you can do. And so it's really, it's, it's much easier to detect that and hone in on it. But I think that applies to all phases of life though. Yeah, no, no question. What an amazing event. There are very few entrepreneurial business owner events that you can go to in this country where you're not just going to be sold something and upsold into another program and another coaching. And Hey, those programs are awesome and they work really well, but sometimes you just want to go and receive the education you need from sales, marketing, everything you're not taught in college. And this is taught by people with not only seven figure, but eight and nine figure businesses, people who have billion dollar businesses. And so it's uh, it really ups your game when you can be around those type of people and the way they think. And, and it is interesting. I mean, you always hear this, like they're not that much different than you. They just, you know, they worked a, a little harder and, and not even not harder, but they just had a different way of approaching it. And the way they approached it with a 10 X mindset, maybe building a different business model can make all the difference in the world. And so that was awesome. Yeah. It seems like anytime I meet someone that's, uh, I mean, I, obviously I look at us, I, I think that we are high achievers. Like there's no doubt about that. I won't deny that, but I look at people that are doing significantly more than us. And it seems like it always comes down to one thing and it's consistency. They're doing what we're not a little bit longer. Yep. Um, they're, they're more consistent. They have a, a clearer vision. And, and so it's really like you said, so good to go be around people like that and just see how consistent and how committed they are to their vision. Um, and that's something that I said to you, they asked us, you know, what do you actually want? Why are you doing all of this? And I, for me, it was like, I want to want something as badly as these people do. And sometimes you need to take a step back and, and really determine what that is and, and why you're so committed to that. And that's what Satema said. He said, right, when you want it as bad as it takes air to breathe, now you've got a chance at getting to it. But if you don't want it that bad, then, you know, it may or may, it may or may, yeah. probably won't happen for you. Yeah. But if you take all the action and you're working and thinking about it on a daily basis and go all in obsessed, then now you've got a shot at doing that. And so, but sadly, some people yeah. have to reach rock bottom to actually want something badly enough to, to work for it. Yeah.
No question. No question. So, and then, you know, you reach a certain level of success. I mean, you build an eight-figure business, and we've been fortunate to do that. I mean, it's less than a percent of businesses that do that, and you re reach a certain level of success. A lot of people stop there. Yeah. They stop. And momentum and growth is this crazy thing. When you stop, you flatline, and then you can actually start going down very quickly. And so I'm just always paranoid of that happening. And so it was, it was super good. I felt like in some sense we... I woke up to, oh my gosh, there's all these opportunities. We're not taking advantage. There's, we, we need to get around. We need to join masterminds and people who are doing it better and learn from them. And so I'm excited to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So today's topic kind of very connected to that since we were at the ClickFunnels event in Orlando this last week and, and had an awesome time. We were able to take some of our team members there. Uh, awesome time. But there's this question that comes up because you hear about the click funnels and sales funnels and building out these sales funnels. And then you're like, well, I've got this website. Do I really need sales funnels? And so I thought it'd be fun to kind of unpack this topic today, like comparing websites to sales funnels. Is one better? Let's define them. Like what is even the difference? So I thought that would be an interesting topic. We'll call this uh, one of our mastery topics because this is an important topic. And it's interesting as you look back maybe a decade ago, if your business didn't have a website, then you were being left behind. And I feel like in 2023, if you don't have automated sales funnels put together in your business, there's a good chance your business is getting left behind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and obviously, we're, we're going to dive into a money topic here. That's what we do. So for the money piece, we're going to talk about um, why business owners struggle to drive cash flow, aka profit. They, they look at revenue, but they, they struggle to actually generate profit. So we're going to break that down. This is super important. I remember, you know, the company before grew real fast, $5 million, but it was not profitable. In fact, it was bleeding money. So you can feel real good about, oh, and, and sometimes you see this people who will have ads like I made $5 million, but oh, by the way, my expenses were 5200000 So I actually lost money on paper. So it's super important to understand Dude, that's cash brutal. Flow. That's like it's very brutal. shoveling cake in your mouth while you're running on the treadmill. Like that's yeah. just. You're, you're not winning. <laughs> you're not sucks. winning. And well, we're going to break down a pack why that is. Exactly. And then we, we definitely. We need to talk about the the uh -oh. sad week four yeah. in the NFL, but yeah. uh, tough. It's tough good. Week Everything's fine. Dolphins. It's only week four, so hey, good. it's a long season. It is seventeen games. It is. We're, we're getting healthy too. Weeks. So, all right. So let's jump into our mastery topic here: website versus sales funnel. Which is better? Probably we should start like what is the difference? So a, a website, you know, is kind of like your brochure. Maybe hopefully you have call to actions on there. Maybe you have a newsletter and you're just grabbing contact information. In our case, we're, we're a funding company. And so we've got two call to actions. Most places it's, hey, get your free pre-approval with our marketplace. And in one spot, if you are looking to partner up and send clients in so you can close more clients and build your business, there's a partner section in there. But you, the whole point of your website is so that people take action and the interesting thing, I always like to make the grocery store example. My oldest son, I used to talk, talk to him about upsells and grocery stores and funnels. And so we'd be at the grocery store and I'd say like, your website is kind of like you go into the grocery store and everything's out there, right? And you're like, oh, what do I want? What do I need? And so it kind of depends on what aisle you're on. And there's sometimes people may go into a store and come out with more. Or they may, may not even come out with anything because there's just so many options and there's just 
this overwhelm of options. But when you get in the checkout line in the grocery store and you're right there, Ty, and then you get boxed in and there's like three carts behind you. You can't even get out. You can't move. Okay, you're boxed in. Now you're in a sales funnel because in that funnel to check out, you can get some magazines here. You can get some candy here, maybe a pop or an energy drink there. And so you have a, just a, there's only a few things you can do. You can grab some of those things or not. That's all you can do. And that's kind of the difference. I would uh, make an example of a sales funnel worth versus a website. A website, you know, you have all these different things and places people can go. They can look at your blog. They can look at you, your videos, testimonials. You're about us, all these different pages with not necessarily a clear action that they're going to take. Now, if you do your website right, you should have a clear action. But on a sales funnel, there's one thing for you to do. Click to go to the next page, click to buy, or you're clicking away. There's really just two options with a sales funnel. And the great thing about a dedicated sales funnel is you go through this journey and you learn and you get more value. And especially if you're looking to solve a problem, you have good ads, then there, there's so much data now that sales funnels are very effective. And uh, it's interesting. I remember Russell Brunson had Gary Vaynerchuk uh, on. Uh, he did a mastermind thing, a big uh, event thing with the launch of one of his books. It was Expert Secrets book, actually. And, uh, and then like the next week he was talking about, so Gary's like, you know, don't sell anything, jab, 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 hook, give value. Don't ever, you know, only ask once in a while. And Russell's like, well, I'm not a boxer. I'm a wrestler <laughs> and wrestlers. We don't screw around. We just go take you down. And that's what he said. The, a, a funnel is a funnel is you come there and he's going to take you down with so much value, get you to move forward uh, have an upsell that solves other problems for you. If you don't have an upsell in your business, like you lose out on a lot of opportunities. And that's how he kind of put that together and pretty hard to argue with his success. So for you, and, and you've been a part of this eight-figure company from the very beginning, how, what do you look at and what do you think of sales funnel versus website that business owners should be thinking about? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the biggest thing is is a sales funnel is designed solely with the intent of having someone take action. And then the concept of the funnel is once they've taken action, how can we monetize on that action two or three more times? Whereas a website, yes. like you said, is, yeah, there's a few spots to take action on here, but if we're getting someone to this funnel and they're like, who are these guys? Well, great. Go to the website, learn a little bit more about who we are, our contact info, our address, our Google presence, things like that. Whereas you're not going to put all of that on a funnel. A funnel is designed to, you know, get at their emotion, get them to make that decision right away and then say, hey, you know what, if you're already doing this, you may as well do this because they're already so committed. I think sometimes where you have to be a little bit careful, though, is I've, I've had this happen to me. I'll, I'll go in and let's use an example here of say I'm, I'm going in and I'm purchasing uh, a new garbage disposal because yeah. this is how it happened. I'm purchasing a new garbage disposal. I'm going to check out and it says, wait, you're going to need a power cord. At that point, it's like, give me a break. This is something I cannot use this disposal without this. I'm not buying a freaking power cord. I'm going to go buy a disposal that has a power cord. So I think there's this sure. level of 
you've got to create this value and create offers of something that someone really wants to have because they love the product before it, but not so much like, thank you so much for purchasing this. By the way, if you don't have this, it's, it's useless. I think that's a little deceptive and honestly pisses people off and can be counterintuitive. But the concept of the funnel as an upsell tool is, is brilliant. And, and that's what it is. It is a selling tool, not an information pamphlet. Yeah, no, no question. At the same time, I feel you still need to have a real website too. Oh yeah, you need to have all of that information. Your website, you know, if you if you're really good at building funnels, maybe your website could be built from a funnel. But for the most part, it's probably a website. And one of the keys you've got to have a strong call to action on your website. So again, with with ours, it's very clear. You know, get your free pre approval. That's what our seven figures uh, funding and sevenfigures.com website's all about. So whatever you do like if you have a high ticket offer maybe your website is joining a newsletter maybe it's getting a free one pager that uh, tackles one of the big pain points or problems that your customer has right if you are a roofing company maybe you have a, a free one page download that talks to you about uh, the keys to having a roof that lasts a long time that uh, can stand up to hurricane winds and tornadoes and all these different weather issues that happen. And boy, if your roof gets ruined, you're in trouble, right? So instead of selling the $30,000 roof, which is, I think, sometimes how much those cost, right? Uh, you start out with something free, something easy, and then you get them in the system. Now you can have automated emails, tax, and this is, this is where your genius zone comes in, systems and processes of moving people through the, the customer journey. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's imperative if you build all of this, but you don't have systems and processes to optimize on it. You've just, you've wasted your time. You've, you've kind of missed the point. And, you know, it, it's been really interesting to learn a lot more about these funnels and, and the power behind them. And it, it's kind of like we just learned about, you have your website of sevenfiguresfunding.com, but sometimes a funnel is based on the video ad or the marketing that brings them into it. It can be as silly as, I want my business money right now.com. Like all of these well, crazy like subdomains that, that um, drive the interest and the traffic. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely important that you have both. Yeah, that was a, that was a cool message with Steve Larson where he was just, he would put together all these uh, funny website uh, URL domains that would kind of talk about the pain point that his customer or client was going through. And so I thought that was really cool. So uh, the other interesting thing I was going to say is if you have a really good CRM and you know how to create these systems and processes, a few, I feel like a few years ago before CRMs really took the next step, you were using a lot of sales funnels and automation, but now through your entire process, I mean, you can really automate a lot of these things through your CRM. And so if you aren't using a great CRM, I know we, we love using Zoho. We love using lead built as CRMs. There's so many things you can do. And both of those connect up really well with a funnel software like ClickFunnels. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, the last thing that I would add to that, Leo, with building a successful funnel, when you have that offer, oftentimes it's like the free book, the free this, the free that. Make sure that it's actually legit, that there's actual value behind that. Because if you send someone some really shitty ebook with a bunch of grammatical errors and stuff that doesn't make sense, it's, it's a really, really quick way to lose trust and potentially lead to chargeback. So just 
you know, if, if you're getting your first funnel going, make sure that you take a little time and actually create some real value. Yeah, make it good. Give your best stuff out for free and people will move forward. There's this mentality we have of scarcity mindset. Oh, if I give my really good stuff, then they're not going to give you know move forward to my paid stuff. But that's not true. When you build that relationship and that value and that trust because you gave something away so valuable right at the beginning, then they're that much more likely to actually work with you. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. That was our mastery topic, websites versus sales funnels. Let's jump into the money topic here. Business owners struggle to drive cash flow, aka profits. And so, you know, there's a lot of different reasons for that. I'll just share, you know, a personal painful story. Uh, the business before this uh, that I had started my kitchen, it was growing fast and we were hiring a lot of employees, but I didn't actually know if we were profitable. We had different bank accounts and departments and people, and then we had all these credit cards and loans, and money was in, money was out. Did we have enough to make payroll? Oh, I better borrow some more money here so we can keep growing. And like, I never was really certain what if we were profitable or not. And after about a year, Actually, about the time you came aboard, that was one of the few times I was certain we were profitable because <laughs> you came aboard and we had the, this department that you ran, and that department was super profitable for about six months, and I knew the company was profitable. We were doing well, and then bad decisions ensued, and instead of paying like eight or nine grand a month for a lease office space, now all of a sudden it jumps to 25, just poor, poor decisions taking on massive expenses when you want to keep those expenses low and grow the business. And then after that, it was very clear. It was bleeding money. And then we left, started over. And the first thing we did was I said, I brought your dad in. I'm like, all right, your dad's been an accountant for 30 plus years? Yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time. And I'm like, help us put our books together so I know every week that we made money or lost money. And from day one, we've had that set up. And that's what that's what I feel part of our mission is. Not only are we gonna keep getting people the best funding possible, but we're gonna give you financial tools so that you know you're winning the game of business because there is nothing worse than, well, it seems like I'm winning. I'm helping customers, I got employees, I got payroll, I'm paying them. We, we're getting good reviews online and at the end of the month, there's no money left in the bank account. Sometimes you're even borrowing from Peter to pay Paul on your payroll. And you're like, shit, why am I running this business? I'm losing money. <laughs> yeah, And that's why I love myfigures.com, Leo, because it's literally like more money came in, then went out. Here's what that number is. Oh, great. I had a good month individually, not even just as yes. a business. I know that more came in than went out. Whereas sometimes I log into QuickBooks. I'm like, what? on earth is going on? What are these numbers? It's not making sense. I, no. I thought I was profitable, but I'm not like, it's, it's just a nightmare. But that, when, when you brought up this question that there were two things that immediately came to mind that business owners, they, they make this mistake and that's why they're not profitable. Yep. Number one was they don't have tracking in place. They don't, 100%. they don't understand their numbers. They don't understand their margins. That's number one. Number two is I think this is why vast majority of fintechs out there get this VC money and they're all losing money is they're offering these massive salaries to people that are supposed to be bringing them business to their sales team. 
And so my advice to business owners, and this is something that we've done, granted, there are some employees that have to be salaried, some that have to be, you know, hourly, sure. uh, you've got executive assistants, things like that. But to the team that's generating the business, when you're hiring that person, number one, do they believe in, in you? And number two, do they believe in the vision and the direction of the business? If they believe those two things, they know that it's, it's endless commissions. They, they know that they get to make as much There's as no they limit. want to make. They're in charge. There's no limit. And so getting that concept across to people, some, we've hired, we've uh, interviewed people and they say, no, I, I, I really need a salary and say, well, we wish you the best. That's, that's not how this works. We want people that believe in the vision and that are committed to the growth. And at the end of the day, that's always worked because these people don't make money unless we make money. We believe in them. They believe in us. So it's a very profitable model. We're not sending out all of these salaries for people to work from home and, and not bring and generate any business. Oh, exactly right. If, if you have a sit, every business has a sales organization of some, some departments way, shape or form. And if your sales team is based on more salary than commission, you're in trouble. Like anybody who is good at sales is going to be way more excited about an uncapped commission structure where they can make unlimited amounts of money versus someone who is 80, 90% salary and the commissions are just this small cherry on top. That's somebody who, you know, just wants to work from home. There's no accountability and uh, definitely is, is someone that probably not going to bring a lot of value. And so sales, you're exactly right. That's a key part. In fact, that's, that's a big reason why that previous business didn't work because there was way too much salary yeah. instead of commission for salespeople. Those guys would hit quotas on a Wednesday. They vast majority of their income was salary. They'd hit the quota on a Wednesday and guess what? They're checked out. Whereas yeah. this new model, people are, are grinding and grinding and grinding because they're hungry. They, they want to make more money. And it's not like we're forcing them to do it either. They, there's just enough of a belief in, in what we're doing and a, and a drive to make more money. So you're, you're going to find people that are more motivated or, or more driven if vast majority of their income is commission. And so what you want to do is you want to align incentives where mm -hmm. everybody wins or loses together. And so at that previous company, it was like, oh, you brought somebody in. You got them pre-approved for financing. Cool. Here's a commission. No, you can, that doesn't make the company money. Yeah. But if somebody actually moves forward and buys your product or service, not just is pre-approved and, and looks good, you know, the commission should only come after they've moved forward and bought your product or service and actually successfully fulfilled what whatever it is you do as a business. Now everybody's incentives are aligned. We're on the same page. We win and lose together. That's how a business has to be structured. Absolutely. And and the, I guess the third thing, which is kind of on this list that, that we generated here is, and we've been guilty of this, Leo, I, I have to admit, yeah. it's this idea of you get, as business owners, you get on, on a lot of sales calls, you get on a lot of yeah. demos, and there's a lot of softwares out there that seem really, really cool. And if you're not careful, all of a sudden you're buying this oh, software yeah. and this software and this software. And, and sure, they may make your life easier, but are they making you more profitable? And you need to make that determination before you make that buying decision. If, if the answer is, yeah, it's making my life a little easier, but it's not making me any more profitable, 
and you're in the bootstrap phase as a business owner, it's probably not the time to do that. Now, if you're extremely profitable, you're killing it. You're spending way too much time in the business as a business owner. You're neglecting your roles as, as a father, as a husband, then yeah, maybe it's, it's time to pay for something. It may not make you more profitable, but it's giving you a little bit more freedom. However, determining when the right time is and, and understanding you don't need every single software out there. So true. And so at a time like this, especially at the beginning of your business, you want to eliminate any expense that does not provably make you money. If it's not generating income, and that includes employees, if those employees are not generating income and you feel really good having, you know, an employee who runs HR or some department that, you know, maybe you could be third parties, uh, third partying that uh, out for about 20% of the cost then you need to make those tough decisions. And especially at the beginning, you've got to focus on income. You've got to focus on growth. And that's the only way you can win is by actually profitably. And so now you see all these tech companies that were supposedly unicorn billion dollar companies. And those valuations have come way down because even after some of them went public, they continue to lose money. They never actually made a profit. And now their valuations are at like 10% of what they used to be. And those, those investors and, and all those people that thought they were going to make a fortune now are not going to. And that's how important it is to have a profit first mentality as a business. Yeah. And a, a little, a little trick here, if, if your margins are already so tight and it's not necessarily a mistake that business owners make, but sometimes things they're not doing anymore is in bootstrap mode. We're contacting all, you know, phone systems, CRMs, all these places and trying to negotiate and get better deals. Well, even if you don't want to negotiate and try and get better deals, every single software and tech company out there is going to give you a massive discount if you pay in full for a whole year, like 20 to 30% off if you pay in full for a whole year. Well, guess what? There's all sorts of 0% interest business credit cards out there. They'll give you 0% for a whole year. You're going to be paying that over 12 months, whether you're paying it to the software or paying it to the card. So if your software bill is $50,000 for the whole year, you can go save 20 to 30% by putting that on a 0% interest card. Well, guess what? There's an extra upwards of realistically ten dollars to $15,000 to add to your, your profit margins. And sometimes business owners just neglect to do that or they don't ask someone else on their team to do that. I think sometimes you just get a little lazy and, oh, it's a thousand bucks here, it's a thousand bucks there. You just get a little reckless with it. No question. There's two costs that you have to know in business. One is your cost to acquire a customer or client and the other is your cost to fulfill whatever your service is or product, uh, your cost of the goods sold. There's a cost to get the product to the customer, and then there's a cost to bring that customer in. And then after that, there's still more costs, right? You've got overhead costs. You've got all the costs of having maybe an office space, some of those software costs. And so a good rule of thumb is, all right, if I bring a customer in, my cost to bring them in plus my cost to fulfill getting the product to them, how much it costs to build or buy the product or provide the service. Hopefully, after you bring the customer in, provide the product or service, you have at least 40 to 50% 
margins left over. So let's say it's $1,000 uh, that we bring in an in income from customer one. It costs us $250 in marketing to bring them in. Maybe that's a referral partner. Maybe that's Facebook ads, whatever it is. And then another $250 to fulfill. Well, if I still have $500 left over of that $1,000 and my overhead and other costs are another $250 per client and I'm left with 25% net profit margins like 250 bucks out of the thousand that came in is what's left over in the business now i have a pretty good idea that i'm winning and so one of the mistakes uh, again in, in previous business that, that i made was we would have some uh, cost to acquire a customer with google where it was like 60 percent just to bring the customer in and then fulfillment costs were probably 40 or 50 so you're actually losing money those are the things you have to figure out from day one if you bring a customer or client in how much does it cost to bring them in how much does it cost to take care of them or get them the product or service and do you have a decent amount of money left over to pay the rest of the bills and still come out winning that that's a big Big thing because if you don't know that you can be profitable with one customer coming in or maybe your business is such that you lose money on the first 20 customers and then it's all profit on the next 20 well those are the things you've got to know yeah absolutely and you'll never know that unless you're you're tracking it you can't just try and look at a bank statement and and understand that you need to utilize a software system you have to do that's it. that's the key yeah you, you've got to have great technology and a lot of small business owners, like you can't afford a full-time chief financial officer for a quarter million dollars a year. And so with some of these uh, softwares like myfigures.com, you can actually manage and track that. And it's just paying a, a few dollars a month for that software that can automatically do it for you, kind of a virtual CFO. You've got to have those things and then you've got to educate yourself a little bit. And again, that's why MyFigures has some of that education that we'll be launching to teach you how to do that. And and uh, profit first, it's everything. And, and that's, that's part of our mission going into 2024. Can we help a lot more business owners be profitable so they can take care of their families? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, should we talk the NFL for a minute? We got to. So got week to. four just finished up last week. And I feel like there were a lot of like, you know, wait, what the? What the F happened moments uh, last week? What <laughs> there were. were. It's, it's almost feeling like this AFC East like pulled an AFC West on on us last last season where yeah. everyone was thinking it's it's the best conference out there. Well, all of a sudden, and granted, a lot of it's due to injuries, right? The Jets don't look so solid. Yeah. Uh, and the Patriots look like one of the worst teams in the NFL, Leo. Which Boy, did you see Bill Belichick? Oh, <laughs> I, I think it's just proving more and more and more that that was all Tom Brady. Like, like Bill That's what has Shannon Sharp was saying. He, oh, was he? See, he yeah. has a, a yeah. losing record yeah. without Tom Brady, and he still has these awesome defenses. But it, it, he's putting way too much faith. It, Mac Jones is done. Oh, like, there's no question. No, his he, confidence is shot. He may be a backup quarterback the rest of his career in the yeah. NFL, but but he's done. I mean, the 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 Dallas Cowboys who were coming off a bad loss, who just lost their really their best loss. corner. I mean, came out and just, it was at home, but they, they kicked the crap out of them. Yeah, they did. And it wasn't their offense. It was all the Dallas defense, which oh yeah was was awesome to see. So, um, But, yeah, the, the Dolphins got beat up. I, yeah. I think they were kind of due for that. They were getting this, uh, 
just walking with this, uh, we're just going to show up and, and win attitude. And I think the defense was starting to rely way too much on the, I mean, when they score 70 points the week before the defense kind of gets lackadaisical, um, they were missing, obviously their, their best pass rusher were, you know, they, they were missing some tools, but everyone's kind of missing some tools at this point. So it's no excuse. Um, I was surprised because, and, and I'm wondering if I was like a year, a year ahead, because last year I really felt like the Bills had a legit chance to go to the Super Bowl, and they looked good. They beat Kansas City in the middle of the regular season. They they were showing signs. They didn't get to finish that game with Cincinnati, but I th- and then by the end of the year and in the playoffs, they just looked like a fraud to me. But yeah. last week they sh- they looked really really good, and so it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that up. That's the thing; it's a long season. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like four. they came out with everything to prove, and and Miami came out with just this: we're just going to show up attitude. So, which which is fine. I mean, it it has to happen. I'm ra- I'd rather it happen early on in the year. I am am willing to take a bet for anyone that wants to place it that Miami absolutely beats Buffalo Week 18, assuming it's a game that matters, which I think it will. And I think that loss that Buffalo had to the Jets early on is going to prove to be an extremely costly loss because okay. Miami's going to beat them at home Week 18. It's going to take home field away. Uh, Buffalo's going to have to go to Kansas City. And sorry, Josh, you're going to face another early playoff exit to Pat Mahomes. I feel like the AFC is definitely a lot more wide open. Yeah. It's definitely a lot more wide open. I mean, we're only four weeks in, so who knows? Maybe things change a lot, but I still don't feel like Kansas is not the Kansas they've been They're not. typically. They're definitely they, they not. They don't have enough weapons. Uh, they're not protecting Patrick Mahomes well enough, and their defense is showing some cracks in there. So are they going to be a playoff team? Of course. Are they going to win their division? Probably. So, most likely, because San Diego's kind of started off a little bit Yeah, slow. they're – I think they'll turn it around. Are two and two? Yeah. Yeah, they're two yeah. and two. They, they could still win the next 10, 12. So. I mean, they lost to Miami. They, they're they beating the teams they're supposed to, it seems like. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. They continue to make coaching blunders late in the game. But in the NFC, the, the class is, you know, you got the 49ers. The Eagles stay undefeated. So right now we've only got two undefeated teams four weeks in, which that's that's interesting. So it's crazy how competitive the NFL is this year. Like yeah. literally, the teams that are supposed to be the worst teams in the NFL are beating good teams. The yes. Colts are beating good teams. Dude, the Cardinals Anthony are Richardson beating good is, teams. Is, uh, Making me into a liar. I'm like, oh, oh I, I thought this guy was going to be one yeah. of those, you know, big, strong, super talented quarterbacks like Trey Lance that just never really develops, but he has proven to be fantastically accurate. Here's, yeah, he's almost kind of like it, how it's Josh that decision Allen made. He's the, relying too much on his legs still, yeah. though, and he can't. Like he's already been hurt multiple times. He he can't keep taking this this beating. I I think it's going to be a. A Robert Griffin the third career here pretty quickly if he doesn't or, yeah. figure it or out. Or even maybe Cam Newton where he's able yeah. to do well for five years, maybe even has an MVP run, but long term. It's it's that ability to be able to read defenses and get rid of the ball and find the mismatches and the and then really anticipate. Like that was what Zach Wilson did was starting to do well on one of those drives where it's the ball placement. Like literally it's a game of inches. Like if you put it here, it's a completion for 15. You put it over here, you know, 18 inches, it's a pick. 
Yeah, it's just for quarterbacks, it's just a matter of getting into that flow, getting into that zone, which is so weird because when you're off, it's like you can't see anything. And when you're on, it's like, holy crap, this is the easiest game in the world. It slows down. It's crazy. Yeah. But and, and you know who's probably the best, worst team of them all is the Houston Texans. Oh, my word, dude. I told you C.J. Stroud. You were right on C.J. Stroud. I, I, that kid just had this natural ability. He could just go back on a five-step, and he just knew who – he could just see the whole field and get the – anticipate, get the ball out on time, accurate, and, and he guess have what? that many weapons. Look at their coach. Another one to add to the Shanahan tree. The defensive coordinator leaves the San Francisco 49ers, goes to Houston, and is doing well. Yes. So oh, that guy's a boss. It's it's crazy. Uh, D'Amico Ryan? Yep. He's D'Amico a Ryan. boss. Yep. So He's you've, a boss. You've got Just the hit, Robert Sala, I think, is a boss, too. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, you've got Sala. You've got Mike McDaniel. <laughs> the coaching tree is growing from, it's crazy. from Kyle Shanahan. It is crazy. Sean McVay worked with Kyle. Like, yeah. So clearly Mike Shanahan who is kind of the father of all those guys and literally the father of Colin. Of course, Mike won two Super Bowls with the Broncos. That's a guy who, that's what I like. I like to see people who are great mentors, and from them, all sorts of great things happen. Same yeah. thing of Andy Reid, like John Harbaugh. A lot of uh, his uh, guys, John Gruden, uh, worked under Andy Reid, and they all won Super Bowls. And now you're seeing the same thing from a Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan. Like all these people that worked with them are winning Super Bowls. And that is one of the big indictments that you got to give to Bill Belichick. He yeah. clearly kept things so tight. He didn't build relationships. He didn't help his assistants so they could become successful coaches. So the coaching tree of Bill Belichick is only him, which is pretty shitty. Yeah, Appreciate exactly. It. That's and that's I was his literally fault. talking about that's that. his fault. Well, that's even a number reason why I think more and more it was all Tom Brady. That's a good point. Like you leave New England because New England was so good under Brady. You go coach another team, you suck. You get fired and you go back to New England. That's yeah. that's literally all they ever do. And it's it's looking to happen. Same thing just happened with Matt Patricia. It's looking like it's about to happen with, there with the Raiders. I mean, it's Josh McDaniels is. I and dude, I was one that said Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. I literally, yeah. I don't feel that. I don't even put him top five anymore. If you don't make others better around you, other than just your like, that's that's yeah. kind of messed up. So. Well, I know we're going way yeah. over, but I'm going to go ahead and and give you my top five. What, what do you got? Um, and and again, by the way, Mike, screw you. Uh, go Dolphins. I hate the Bills. Um, before I do this, so. I told him I'd give him a shout out and that's all he deserves from me you right go, now. Mike. <laughs> I'm going to spray paint a dolphin on your garage door week 18. Um, but anyways, when I give you this top five, Leo, what we're doing is we're not saying top five because of what you co- accomplished thus far. Yes, that's a part of it, but we also have to look at what you still have to do, what your current personnel situation that's looks like, part. right? For example, if the Eagles, all of a sudden Jalen Hurts was out for the rest of the year, they're probably not even going to be in my top five because he is such an important player. True. Um, so that being said, at the number one spot, I like to start at the top and, and work down. So at, at the number one spot, and it's by a long shot, Leo, I, I'm a little worried that our boys are going to be able to light up the cigars in Miami this year just because I'm looking at their schedule. Who's going to beat the 49ers? I don't know. And they're in a situation where, guess what? They, Brock Purdy gets hurt. They're okay. They've got Darnold now, and he's he's durable. He's reliable. If if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, I'm a little worried about them, and he tends to get hurt. But right now, number one by far, 
landslide victory there. It's, it's the 49ers. Uh, right now in the number two spot, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. They, you know, the, the Washington Redskins, that's the team who ended their, uh, their win streak last year. And they gave them another, they, they kind of match up well, but they were able to take it into OT and get the win. They're still undefeated. They've got great personnel, great roster. So we're going the Eagles. Um, granted they still have to play the bills and the dolphins this year. So that'll be fun to Mm. see, um, at the number three spot. This might surprise some people, but just with how dominant they were on, on Thursday night and with the health that they're, I mean, they're getting healthy. They're getting more weapons back. Dan Campbell is an absolute phenomenal coach. I'm putting the Detroit lions at number three, which is crazy because that's one, two, three for the NFC right there. Um, at the number four spot, again, we look at this. I'll explain why I'm doing this, but it simply comes down to um, the health situation and who we haven't lost for the whole season and who we have coming back here um, in a month or so. I think when you look at their roster, you look at their coaching, you look at their ability, I'm keeping the Miami Dolphins in the number four spot. Um, obviously, just losing to the Bills and putting above the Bills is everyone's going to say that's a biased decision, but I genuinely think Miami's the better team. I think that was a great wake-up call. I may be wrong, but I'd be willing to put good money on it that Miami still finishes um, higher than the Bills. And the reason for that, I put the Bills number five slightly above the Chiefs. The Chiefs haven't really been impressing me much lately. They're barely eking out that win against the Jets. Um, but the reason I put the Bills at the five spot is offensively, they're, they're awesome, right? They've, they've got a lot of good talent. I don't think they have a ton of depth at receiver, but they've got guys that are pretty durable. They've got two solid tight ends. Their O-line has definitely been stepping up. They've got some young, you know, that, that young, talented Dalvin Cook's little brother at running back. Mm, they're, they're solid on offense. But when it comes down to crunch time, teams are going to figure out how to slow them down. And defensively, they're going to struggle. They they lost both starting cornerbacks. I, I oh, looked man, it up. One of them's killer. out. It sounds like a few weeks, but Tredavious White, who is their lockdown, shutdown receiver, is out the rest of the year. He makes the whole done. defense work. Oh, I mean, Miami, case in point, Miami was out. They already out Jalen Ramsey, and then they were out Eli Apple this week. So Cater Kohu was having to, to stick digs and, and you, you saw what happened yeah, there. So able to do it. Um, and last time Tredavious White went out, the Bills already proved to us that they're not willing to go out and make moves. They're going to uh, sit with what they've got. McDermott's going to try yeah. and yeah, work with what we've got. Plus, you check the free agency market, there's not, there's not a, there's there's no there's, options yeah. for corner. High caliber cornerbacks are signed. Oh, yeah. They're sitting there. They're and not is, sitting at home, you know, waiting for a phone call. That's exactly. Not how it it's, works. it's a passing league. And Buffalo, I think, is really going to struggle to stop teams. In fact, I'm already dude. Uh, they they already they struggled so much at the end of last year, and I think injuries played a part. And that was just probably going to yeah. be the same thing. Remember, they started out hot last year. Yeah, they were the hottest team. I think eight weeks in. Oh yeah, and they were not the hottest team the last eight weeks. Exactly. I I think they had a great game plan. They got really excited, really up for this game, and they caught Miami sleeping, but. I don't think that that one win is indicative of what will happen the rest of the year. In fact, I think Jacksonville is going to beat them in London next week. If you're going to do a top five in the AFC only, how would you do that? Miami, Buffalo, Kansas City. Okay. And then it gets tricky, dude. I Honestly, Miami, Buffalo, Kansas City, um, Baltimore. I guess that's an easy one. Definitely Baltimore at the four spot. The five spot right now... 
I want to say the Chargers, but it, just it's tricky because they keep disappointing. Jacksonville yeah. keeps disappointing. I, I almost would put Houston there, which is so silly That's to say. Crazy. I can't, I can't do Tennessee. Steelers look awful. Bengals look awful. What the uh, world Cowboys are horrendous. Raiders are awful. Like, I think I Houston. Think, yeah, if if I'm Miami, I'm probably most concerned about Baltimore. Yeah, honestly. Because Baltimore is a team that's going to play good defense. They're going to be able to run the ball late in December, going to the playoffs in January. I feel like that's going to be a more dangerous team. And of course, just because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, Kansas will be dangerous, but they just seem to be missing a few pieces. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm so sick of this Taylor Swift stuff too. Goodness, give it a <laughs> well, break. Well, my daughter Kayla's loving it. It's crazy. She's like, oh, we got to watch the Chiefs, Dad. I go, watch the Chiefs. All right. <laughs> Yeah, they've got to give it a rest. But uh no, it's it's good. It's good for the game. So there there's my top five again, 49ers, Eagles, Lions, Dolphins, Bills, very, very close in on the top five, I'd say Cowboys and Chiefs. Oh, I'd put Baltimore there. I yeah. I could squeeze Baltimore to the top five somehow. All right. Go figure. Go figure. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your debt worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.